As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Hello, I'm Anna Davis and I'm back with you for today's episode of On Farm. Thank you for downloading. This time, we've teamed up again with AgriCoop umbrella organisation SAOS for episode three of their in-depth look at how farming together cooperatively can be a big part of Scottish agriculture's response to urgent challenges around climate change and global warming. In episode one with SAOS, we had an overview of the climate challenge facing Scottish farming. Last time, we talked mostly about improvements that can be made within supply chains. Please do go back and find those episodes and have a listen if you haven't already. They're beneath this one in your podcast feed. This time around, our focus is a little bit more technical and practical. So we're looking at innovation and what can be done on farm on a practical level to combat climate change. Uh, We did go a little bit off track. So we've got some other really interesting thoughts and uh, opinions from our panel. But I guess the overall message is what can you change about the way you farm, your tools and your processes to help Scotland reach carbon net zero by 2045? Yet again, we've got a cracking panel of experts to discuss this, so I'll let them introduce themselves before we get on with the chat. My name's Andrew Moyer. I'm a contract farmer in How the Mearns near Lawnskirk. I'm heading up the Climate Change Group for Arable and Horticulture, and I'm also, at this present time, a Scottish Quality Crops Chairman. I'm Rory Christie, and I'm Director of SOS, and I'm also Chairman of the Milk Supply Association and a dairy farmer in South West Scotland. I'm Mark Clark, uh, wearing two hats today. I am chairman of SAOS and also managing director of Gramping Growers Limited based at Montrose. Mark, as the chairman of SAOS, before we start and speak with Rory and, and Andrew in more detail, could you perhaps just set things into context for us a little bit? The climate change challenge... Um, thankfully, it's still very much a discussion point, despite the fact that we are also in the grip of a pandemic at the moment. So people are still taking this very seriously. How can you set it in context for us in terms of collaboration and, and working together within within the sector? Thanks, Anna. Uh, firstly, thank you very much for the opportunity to, to sort of speak in the, the panel today. If you look back, um, going back to sort of 2015, SOS um, started to look at something called sort of carbon positive. So it's it's been, you know, more than five years since we've uh, identified, along with various other industries, you know, what the huge challenge that we're, we're facing ahead of us with net zero in 2045. But even more importantly, the 75% reduction in 2030 if you put that into perspective for our own business at Gramping Growers, that's only one and a half rotations of either a bulb crop or a potato crop. So it's pretty, pretty damn imminent. What in terms of SOS we have focused on is very much looking to identify applying sort of resource, be that people, be that funding, in particular in conjunction with Scottish government, uh, some serious funding 
uh, as to how crucial this aspect is. You know, we live and breathe cooperation and collaboration and communication every day as a as a business, and I don't think there's ever been anything so important as the, the climate change sort of maze we've got to try and direct our, ourselves and our members through at this point in time. It is a big task. And in fact, I spoke with Rory just before this call and he had reminded me of a programme that was on television recently, the, the Perfect Planet series with, with uh, David Attenborough. And, you know, he's pretty clear about where we are. You know, the human activity has had a devastating effect on the planet or a devastating impact on the planet. And the time to act is now. But but he also seems quite upbeat that we have we have time if we act now. Mark, do you do you share that view? Do we have time? Are we acting now? I think, yeah. I mean, uh, having watched the, the program, yes, I, th- I do believe we have time. But I think unless we act now and start, you know, we're 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 very good in many industries at sort of prevaricating and and identifying what some of the issues are. But I think this is sort of first and for, foremost one of the biggest issues we've ever had to to deal with. And I think that sort of proactivity that SAS can bring to the sort of industries working in conjunction with you know various industry um, sort of partners, such as we're doing in the Carbon Positive Project, it's never been more important. So yeah, we have a, a bit of time, but we need to, to act now. And I think in particular, you know, when we're going through this sort of the pandemic. We have other major issues that are affecting our, our members and their businesses and their staffs and their health and well-being and everything else. Uh, and this is really sort of adding to that, but probably sits at, at one of the most important things that as a business SOS will we'll target and invest in in the future. And that would be short and medium term future. We know that, that we've got the net zero by 2045 target. We know that there are a huge number of farmers out there from all sectors who are making a really valuable contribution towards hitting that target. But how and why do you think working together and cooperating through SAOS, through the Machinery Ring Association, et cetera, et cetera, um, how do you think that collaboration and cooperation is going to help us hit that target more effectively? Well, it's quite simple. Cooperation is, is good for business. It's good for business. It's good for the climate. So if you're cooperating with other farmers, other groups, other businesses, your efficiencies go up and therefore your business returns are better and and greenhouse gases come down. That's a known fact. That's how it works. If you're really doing something um, likes of uh, the GPS stuff, collaborating with people on, on how to do that, your inputs are correctly targeted to what you're doing. Therefore, your production goes up and the greenhouse gases per ton comes down. I'm making it sound too simple, but it, it it's almost as simple as that. If you're being an efficient business, it's a win-win on the climate and on your own business. And you have to go and learn these things. You've got to go and bounce ideas off other farmers, other businesses. And there is a, a good advice out there. The, the, well, we've got Scottish Agronomy, for instance, another a co-op. I've got Ringlink on my doorstep who are uh, immense for my business. It allows me to run this business really efficiently. So efficiencies is it allows me as a farmer to do things which I couldn't probably do uh, otherwise. And, and Andrew, you're, 
a very modest guy. So you've not really mentioned this and you probably wouldn't mention it unless I brought it up. Um, but you have been asked to chair the new Scottish government group um, to tackle climate change, the Arable group. Can you tell us a little bit about that and why you think that group is going to, to make a big difference within the sector? Yeah, well, I, I didn't take that role on lightly, Anna. Uh, when I was asked, I thought long and hard about it and I got some a good feedback from Mr. Ewing that he wanted it to be about production. He wanted farmers to be part of the solution, as I do, and there's an opportunity there for farmers to do their bit. But also, of course, because the legislation that's running down the track that we've got to get that right on. So it's an opportunity for farmers to do the right thing, to put the fundamentally practical ideas to the government and for them to take forward in, in whatever way they can, we as a group have an opportunity, uh, and for all farmers within arable horticulture, to give a uh, government the ideas that are practical, that we can do and are doing and will do in the future to mitigate greenhouse gas emissions and for us to be seen by all as part of the solution. Uh, and I think that I think that's critical. You know, we... Um this podcast exists because we wanted to get these positive messages out there to the rest of the sector and as far as possible to, to the wider public. And I think, to me, that that is key. It's, it's about farming doing what it can to mitigate climate change, but it's also about getting people to understand that farming is part of the solution. Definitely. And I think we can't say that loud enough and hard enough, and that's probably SOS and, and co-ops have been maybe been a little in, in our role as, as um, SQC chairman. I mean, when I took over the chair's role, it was really quite a sleepy organisation of just keep your head under the radar. But more and more, and Alistair Ewan, who's exec director, who does all the hard work, I have to say, um, more and more we got into the role, the more we realised that we had to be putting stuff out there to let people understand the really good points what farmers are making, doing not just for themselves, but for the whole industry, for the country to be an efficient uh, farming businesses, to shout that from the rooftops, if you, if you like. We're not, we're not a, a marketing organisation like QMS, but, but we have to be seen to be putting the solutions out there for farmers to embrace and, and for government to see, and for our customers, which is more important possibly. Our customers are demanding all these things, and we've got to be ahead of that curve a little bit. But hence the biodiversity plans, hence the IPM plans that we have done and encourage farmers, well, they have to do it as part of the standards, but they are things that are practical, relatively easy, but boy, can they have a big impact on your business and boy, can they be a good thing when you're showing non-farming people about farming and what they are doing in this real, this, this climate crisis, what we are doing to make real, real inroads into this problem. So, yeah, coming to you, Rory, you were the one who reminded me this morning about the David Attenborough programme last night. And he was saying that at the moment with COVID, actually now more than ever, people are taking comfort from the natural world. They're uh, enjoying it. They're visiting. Um, they're watching, learning about it. But actually, you know, it's under threat more than ever before. 
Now, I know that you and I have discussed this because you featured on a previous episode of On Farm. And I think that might actually have been the most listened to episode of On Farm because Rory was ahead of Nigella Lawson and Jamie Oliver in the, the podcast charts, believe it or not. Um, but Rory, before we come on to, to something you know, more specific to your business, from a big picture point of view, why is it important that the agricultural sector collaborates and works together to tackle this crisis? Because it is a crisis, I guess, is the short answer. Who is going to act? Who's going to act and take responsibility? I really think we, we need to work together before somebody else takes control of the situation and then we're just told what to do. And so if we want to have input and we want to unite our resources, um, cooperate together so we get a better result for agriculture and therefore for the planet. Because if farmers are left out in the cold, farmers are the people who know the earth that they work, the soil that they work. And therefore, somebody needs to listen to us and somebody needs to ask us what we think we can do. And it will be much better if that's in a credible, collaborated way. And and to what extent do you think that is happening at the moment? Or to what extent do you think that farmers need to to continue to to develop a stronger voice? I think SOS is ahead of the curve, as, as always, seeing the problem and seeing guys come on and girls come on we need to uh, we need to get together here and start thinking about a different way to fix this problem but i think actually if i'm very honest i think farmers are are in the main behind the cover on this i don't think they they want to face the responsibility that we hold it's so difficult farming in in, in an environment where least cost rules and everybody wants you to do everything for less and so here we're given another burden, a huge burden. Save a planet at the same time, guys, is doing it for nothing. You know, that, that's a massive problem for, for society, actually, to ask these people to do more for less. And I guess that, that kind of prompts two thoughts. One is that SAOS are leading on this, as you've said. But the reason we're here creating this podcast is because more people need to know what's being done but just as importantly, more people need to know how to get on board. That's maybe my next question, Rory. If somebody's listening to this and they're a farmer, they might be a dairy farmer, they might be an arable farmer, and they are one of the ones that's the the emu burying its head in the sand, what can we say now to convince them that, that they need to, to join up and be part of the solution? I think Andrew said it. There's a lot of stuff that we can do that is... It's good for business. The first thing you've got to do is accept there's an issue. You can either be part of the problem or part of the solution. If you don't believe in climate change, fair enough. But I bet you do think it's logical to look after the place we live in. It's as straightforward as that. All farmers, I think all farmers, want to look after their, their land as best they can and the planet that their animals and their children live in. So first of all, Decide, hey, let's look after the place. Then let's look for the opportunities. Let's do the things we can do in business that will, one, make us more efficient in this difficult economic climate and, two, subsequently help the planet. Thanks, Rory. Uh, uh, from your perspective, you know, we, we don't necessarily want to be um, trying to teach any farmer how to suck eggs here, but 
can you give us some examples from, from the dairy sector of things that either you're doing or things that you're aware of taking place within the Milk Suppliers Association or more widely in the dairy sector? Practical things, technical things that are actually making a difference and that, that everybody can engage with or investigate or learn more about or join up with. We need to get off fossil fuels. Every farming system, regardless, is running on fossil fuels. So what's the first thing you can do? Investigate solar panels. Look at how you can cut down your use of electricity in, say, the dairy farm. How can you save energy? And then, and then yeah, you've got to look at basic things about um, how much fuel are your tractors using? Does it need to be 250 horsepower if it can be 150 horsepower? What can you do to cut down fossil fuels on your farms? And then it's into, um, and dairy farming certainly, and, and, and ruminant farming is into the how we can remove enteritic methane. Well, that's more difficult to achieve just immediately. But the first thing is energy saving. That's the first thing we can do. Yeah, it really gets me thinking because it's not, to use an overused term, it's not rocket science. It, you know, many of these solutions are really quite simple. It just requires that thought and that engagement. Um Mark, what are your thoughts on that? Obviously, you're coming at this from uh, a potato growers and, and daffodil um, producers perspective. But as the chairman uh, of SAOS, you know, you've got thoughts across all sectors. So what are your thoughts on what Rory was just saying? Yeah, I just think uh, you're picking up on one or two things that, that um, Rory said and very sort of supportive of his, his views. I think in terms of SAOS, I mean, one of the sort of key things is bringing our member business. We have about 60 co-ops. Um, members of SOS and it's very much bringing them on board and SOS has often been described over the years and and decades as the sort of honest broker in terms of the advice that they provide the specialism in terms of the the staff and the project managers and the the sort of senior team and I think that bit's really important that there's um, for our members and as a consequence their members you know there's actually a body there to go to one to sort of explain what the issue is, but in particular, and this is where my Grampian Growers hat, because we've been heavily involved in some of the more um, recent projects with SOS, is actually identifying all the real positives that farmers are already doing. And Andrew alluded to it to sort of earlier on in, in the call. And a lot of these things, uh, farmers don't actually realise what they've done over the last sort of five, ten years, and even longer than that. And actually to just get that sort of captured and put down it's a really positive start when you can go to a co-op or go to a farmer to say and spend a couple of hours with them and say this is what you've already done a b c d etc etc and it already puts them in a sort of positive frame of mind it's a little bit like doing a risk register so a lot of the SOS businesses do a risk register and until you've done that you actually don't realize either what you have in place or in particular, in the case of risk register, what you don't have in place. And I think this is um, where, from an SOS perspective, we are coming from, is really sort of driving that in conjunction with industry partners, is getting the industry on on board, but from a positive perspective. I, I totally understand what you mean, Mark. I, I guess it's... It's like you know, climbing a mountain. You, you've got a huge way to go, but sometimes you've just got to stop and look back and see how far you've come, and that gives you the energy and the motivation to to keep going. We need to to, to give credit where it's due and understand how far we've come so that we can keep going to, towards this target. I think also 
let's change it in a positive way. More people are more likely to change if we can find the positives. Could I add just Anna, more from a grampian growers perspective, without spending um, initially a huge amount of money. As a consequence, we did spend a lot of money, so we invested in in solar panels. So we're now. 25% self-sufficient in electricity. And it was through SOS and through the Climate Change Challenge initiative that we are involved with just now, uh, we identified within, and we are one of the smallest co-ops in terms of members. We only have 12 members, so it's relatively easy for us uh, or myself to, to feed that information into our, our co-op. But some very um, smart initiatives uh, and without huge amount of spend, unlike our solar panels, that make a difference, you know, in terms of, uh, Rory mentioned it right at the start, you know, we have to get away from the amount of kerosene and diesel that we use as an industry. So uh, this afternoon, we have our first hybrid car arriving at, at Grampian. We have a new charge and electric point, uh, which will be in the car park of our new new office. And we're constantly looking at what we can uh, add to our, our business at Grampian Growers to make it more efficient, which ultimately then realises uh, more profit stroke surplus to, to go back to our members. Can I say, I mean, Rory asked the question, what do we do and what are we told what to do? This is a, absolutely the beauty of the farmer-led groups. It's our opportunity now, today, to put our views forth on what are the opportunities and what are the ways that can practically be done so that the mechanism is there for us all to embrace. We need to speak about education and CPD within our industry. That's a big thing, I think, as well. I mean, I'm very fortunate. I was I worked for a number of years for a very large farming business, which encouraged me to think differently, encouraged me to learn, encouraged me to do my CPD and do basis, do facts, all those things. And change was good. Every three or four years, my life would turn upside down. Education comes into this on multi-levels from children right through to even guys my age. Now, I was I was in, luckily enough to be in a, in, a, in a dairy group with Rory's father. I was basically just a boy, and I remember him very well leading me around and um, being very kind to me. Maybe, maybe the, roles, the roles are reversed now that you're an old fella. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> How important do you think it is that the farming sector lets the public know what they're doing? Or should we just carry on and do the job? Is it important that the public know what farming is doing to, to combat climate change? Yeah, we have to embrace... Well, I, I, I for instance, for my little part, I, I um, took my tractor and plough into the school, local primary school, my grandson. There you go. There's age again. My grandson's uh, eight now, and uh, I took the tractor and flew in there, and I spent a couple of hours with the kids. It was hugely beneficial to me. They were so enthusiastic, asked so many questions. My head was absolutely reeling. But the, the biggest thing for me was all the teachers came out to see what the commotion was about, and every one of them wanted to see inside that tractor, and they had no idea, absolutely no idea of the tech I have four banks of computers basically sitting in there. They were absolutely dumbstruck. And we really need to be education to the educators. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, actually. And and we've we've done a, an episode, more than one, actually, with, with RETS, Royal Highland Education Trust. And what they do is fantastic. They're, they're slightly curtailed by the, the current pandemic. But what they do is fantastic. And, and But they, need, they always need more support. Um, Rory, what are your thoughts on that? 
certainly would be totally remiss of us just to get on with it. I think uh, it's marketing. That's what we're talking about. And farmers are poor at marketing themselves. There's a huge disconnect between urban and rural now, between the food consumer and the food maker, us. Um, Scotland, here's a different one. Scotland um, now, its food and, food and drink business is worth a bit more than its oil. So why have we not got a higher in food and, in food and agriculture? We need, we need kids, agriculture going forward, uh, you just heard Andrew say, you know, there's a bank of tech in that combine. There's um, more and more technology coming into every job and every job is be- going to become more automated. We're not using forks now, guys, or got a bit of straw in our, our mouth. So, uh, yeah, we need to rethink how we educate everybody and reconnect. You've got the need to market how we produce our food and um, market all the good things and the positive spin about agriculture and what we're currently doing for the environment and what we will do for the environment. So, yeah, I'm, um, I think we need to, to get more kids through to diplomas and degrees and get actually onto the syllabus of uh, Scottish education. Mark, um, SAOS spends a lot of time and investment in making sure that the farming sector understands the importance of collaboration and working together. And I know it's not the remit of SAOS to, to be out there educating the general public, but I'm sure as the chairman, you've got quite a strong view on on the public and their perceptions and what we should be doing to try and uh, influence those. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, sort of hugely supportive in terms of what Andrew and, and Rory have, have both said. And climate change is one of these things that the kids are now looking at. And the more information and the more time we spend um, allocating our own staff time in these schools, the better that education. It's no different from you know where their food comes. And I know Andrew's been heavily involved in that. We also get involved in our local academy in, in Lawrence Kirk in terms of promoting the aspects of in our case, horticulture and agriculture, in terms of the industry that we work in, it, it's always been deemed as not particularly sexy. Andrew's just described, you know, four banks of computers. You, you need an IT degree to start a Fent tractor nowadays. Other tractors are available, by the way. So the, um, the aspect of education, you know, whether it's SOS or whether it's individual members is so, so crucial in order to give these these kids, whatever age, an understanding of the the environment, if you pardon the pun, in terms of what we operate in. Can I just say, I mean, an awful lot of um, farmers keep saying they're not getting enough credit and for, for what they do and stuff like that. We we have, a, well, with SQC, Scottish Quality Crops, we have an assurance scheme, which is audited every year, which actually goes through the whole business, basically, and, and checks that everything's been done correctly. That's a massive thing. I mean, a few years ago, we brought biodiversity into the scheme. Now I've still got the bruises for bringing that in, and IPM still got the bruises for that. Guess what? These are the things that were really showcasing what farmers are doing at the moment. You know, that simple things, really simple things, but by God, did I not half get some grief for putting them on the assurance scheme? But that's been proven to be right. And I, and I think that we're going to have to embrace that and embrace our assurance schemes, make sure that they are put out there to the to the wider world so that everyone see. I did a talk to a bunch of lawyers about two years ago. They had absolutely no idea what we did, none at all. They were flabbergasted at what they went through a farm 
what it was like, what, what it did. Um, so yeah, we need to be pushing that on um, a bit harder uh, for people. Yeah, Andrew, I, I think that's true. I, I think often people are daunted by the enormity of everything we're discussing, but actually if you break it down, it's small efficiencies that that, that add up. You know, uh, uh, Andy McGowan was saying exactly the same thing about the pig sector. Uh, we've heard it from many people. It is those small efficiencies. Um, Mark, I've spoken to many of your your colleagues at SAOS over recent weeks and months, um, and you know a huge a huge number of people within the Scottish agricultural sector understand what SAOS does, and as Andrew said, will give SAOS the credit it deserves. But perhaps not quite enough people know what SAOS does. Now, obviously, we're not here to do a sales pitch, but what can we tell people about SAOS that they maybe didn't already know? I think in terms of the future, we have recognised that this very, very long established business in in SOS, um, 110 years, um, actually has a lot more to to give, not just the sort of agricultural community to um, make herself more aware, to sort of spread our wings in terms of our geography. We've um, always just sort of um, concentrated on on Scotland, where our, our members are, but we're now looking sort of further afield. We've just completed a new five years sort of strategy, which is really exciting in terms of how the um, the climate that we work in and the sectors we work in are all very much sort of changing. Uh, if you just look at the last 11 months in terms of the, the pandemic, how everyone's lives have changed, and from a business perspective, there's actually some really, really good positives. Uh, if I use my own, I would normally do 23,000 miles a year. I've done 11. I would normally spend three and a half months a year traveling around Europe, USA, Canada, my colleagues traveling around Northeast, um, North Africa, Middle East, Far East. And none of that has happened yet as if I use Grampian, we've carried on. We've done exactly what we've always done. We've sold everything. We've bought everything. Uh, the logistics, yep, Brexit. Um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to mention that word, uh, causing a, a few different sort of issues. So you've absolutely hit the nail on the, in the head and we are sort of it's addressing it's not the right word because it is a, a sort of positive. But, you know, we have huge opportunities within SOS actually to promote ourselves more and to take that sort of positivity to our members and from our members to, to their members. Um, at the end of the day, we're all trying to, in, in terms of climate, identify what the issues are, but ultimately, you know, create more returns for our members and make their businesses more successful and more profitable. I think what people don't realise is that SOS can help you do the impossible. SOS solves impossible problems. Look at what I've done. I got 150 outset dairy farmers, totally disconnected, nobody talking, selling to a global giant. Apparently, you can't get dairy farmers to work together in Scotland. Apparently, they all just fight each other and they take the next penny. Oh, milk price is going. And I went to SOS and said, look, I need help here. I had a, I had a sense that we needed to cooperate. I've, my family have always cooperated, much like Andrews. And I went to them and they helped me set up a co-op very quickly and very easily. It seemed an impossible task. And they made it easy. So now we've been going for over 10 years and we deal on a daily basis and the, giant, the global giant hasn't crushed us. And then it came again. Co-oping doesn't need to be in the hundreds. It can be, in, it can be small. So I, we formed the Fast Breeders, three farmers, me and two others. We're doing all sorts of things to create efficiencies by working together. 
and HOS has helped us facilitate that. We got support from Scottish Government to um, be able to bring our ideas together and create a project out of it. None of that would have happened without SOS. And now, and fast speeders have all, we've got the biggest pool of crossbred DNA genetics in Northern Europe, all because of SOS, because they helped me do the impossible. Three years ago, if I'd said, have all these cows DNA tested, and we'd have a major project running on the improvement of damline genetics in dairy cattle, that will help you find the environmental gains to reduce methane, etc. If I just sat out as an individual to do that, it just wouldn't have happened. And what's the common factor? SOS. And they go about it, as Matt said, quietly, and they make the impossible happen. And that's why I'm on the board of SOS. And that's why I'm pro-cooperative. And I guess that's why we're all here today, because if SOS can make the impossible happen, then they're the right organisation to be solving the climate change crisis through collaboration and cooperation. And and as Andrew said earlier, you can watch David Attenborough and you can flit quite quickly between optimism and and pessimism because, you know, we're in a sorry state, this planet. Um, but every time I create one of these podcasts, I come away feeling upbeat because there are people there who are working together, thinking outside the box and as you say, Rory, doing the impossible. I feel enormously upbeat about that. And I just hope that everybody listening also does and realises the value that, that working together will deliver. Because as you said, Rory, you can't, you can do it on your own. If I could just go back to what you said at the start, you know, the practical things that farmers are doing. So these, these three farms, my fast breeder farms, working together, because they're working together and because they're being positive and enthusiastic and with a bit of help, we're thinking, right, what are, we going to have, what are we going to have to do because of climate change? How, how are we going to get nitrogen out of the system? How are we going to stop dairy farming being addicted to, to bag nitrogen? So we're already working together, looking at uh, the latest clovers, looking at different grass mixes, plantains, pooling our resource together to buy them for less, but to get the cutting-edge technology. Let's take nitrogen out altogether as our audacious goal. But because we're working together and because we're challenging each other and we've got a bit of resource behind us coming in with SOS's expertise. And that might just be expertise in finding us the expert. Because of that, it'll happen. I bet you it happens. And why? Because it's fun. Everybody forgets that. It's actually fun working with these two guys. We have a right laugh when we're doing it. Yeah, and I think that's one of the, the things, the sort of aspects we, we, we tend to forget. You know, we've, we've gone through the last uh, 11 months in a really difficult, you know, be it difficult trading situations or difficult uh, sort of work situations with folk working at home. And it is really important, not just for the aspect of sort of health and well-being, but to actually have a, a bit of fun. And I think uh, in a lot of businesses, that aspect um, has has been a bit depleted, depleted over the, uh, you know, over the last sort of, three to sort of five years where things become sort of more intense, it's important that we do have a laugh. It gets you through the day. Gets you through life as well, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Andrew, I'd love to hear any kind of final thoughts from you, if, if, if that's okay. Well, I was just coming to say that SMRA, the Scottish Machinery Ring Association, which I happen to be vice chairman of, they, they've got the, all the machinery rings together 
and Hamish Walls does a great job in, in keeping that tight and keeping the, the secretariat, keeping us all sort of going. That's a wonderful sort of eight and a half thousand members. The, the amount of money they return just on, on the, the case deal, for instance, of monies back to farmers. And, and, and that in itself is a, is a because they're, we're cooperating together, that's a climate change positive. And I always said when I was speaking, well, with um, the Ringlink guys, uh, when they were out, they've been out of office, like Mark has been, and they're all missing the contact. They're missing that daily banter, if you like, a little bit of springing off each other. And I know in my various roles I've been over the years, if, that I really value speaking to someone else about a problem. It's just, there's nothing truer. A problem shared is definitely halved. And all of a sudden, what was a problem? It's suddenly not a problem at all. It's a blooming opportunity, and you should grab it and get on with it. And it and it just makes life so much easier to be able to do that. It's it's a, it's a psyche thing. It's farmers tend to be insular. I'm very fortunate that I probably got out of that uh, elk uh, at an early age. Uh, chucked out the chucked out of home farm. Go go and do it yourself, boy. Which was the best thing I ever did was get away from home. At 17, never went back. So, yeah, working together through a problem is, is always good. Mark, do you think Andrew's just summed up everything in one sentence then? Do you think working together turns a problem into an opportunity? Absolutely. 100% um, agree with what Andrew said. What I would like to see in, in terms of the work that the business is doing, and I know this is not a sales pitch, but in terms of Carbon Positive, which a uh, new platform will be released in the springtime, and it just at one of these um, projects that sort of epitomises exactly what we should all be doing, working with, with sort of industry um, partners, you know, looking at sort of soil and woodlands and, and energy, utilising the sort of strength of the SOS sort of project managers and the, and the team within SOS, and just bringing everyone together, but from a very positive outcome in terms of, of looking to increase efficiencies and, and increase profitability. Thank you, Mark. Anything else to add, anybody? It's a small thing. We're speaking about my grandson. He, For his Christmas, he got um, a farming game working on a PC. He can take tractors, combines out, buy remote stuff. It is phenomenal. And I can guarantee you, if he wants to be a farmer, that is what he will be doing in 15, 10, 15, 20 years' time, we'll have banks of computers deciding remotely what's happening outside, getting the weather forecast, you've got to go spraying or do something. It's phenomenal. And um, I just think that's it. the farm. I'm born far too early. I'm absolutely fascinated with it. And, and we have great time looking at it and thinking about it. And uh, he keeps telling me what he's doing on his farm. Absolutely fascinating stuff. You need to get it for your ones, Anna. <laughs> We'll be telling Dad what to do in no time at all. Yeah, I'm sure he'll appreciate that. <laughs> Rory, have you got any, any parting shots? Yeah, just a thought to all the farmers out there. You can't dodge this bullet, so don't even try. You want to leave it to the kids of Extinction Rebellion, or are you going to take charge yourself and do something about it while you can before somebody tells you to do it? Because the trigger and the gun's been pulled and the bullet's coming. So you either bite it in the teeth when it comes at you, because you won't be able to dodge it. Thank you, Rory. I knew we could rely on you for a hard-hitting finale. I think you were a cowboy in a previous life, Rory. Still am, some would say. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much to SAOS and to Mark Clark, Rory Christie and Andrew Moyer for taking part. 
It turns out that there is a big overlap between things that are good for your business and things that are good for tackling climate change. So a reminder, this is episode three out of five we have planned with SAOS all about climate change. So please do look out for more in coming weeks. Now time for our regular thank you. We had a slightly unusual week this week. The episode we put out was shorter. It was just Monty and myself talking about our plans for securing the future of the On Farm podcast. The key message is that you can help us to continue to make these episodes and continue to tell the rural stories that you value just by listening and making us part of your routine. But please share and tell people as well because that's so important to making sure that we're known, which is why we always make a point of saying thank you to people who we've spotted sharing us on social media. So this week, just a quick mention to Jock Gibson of Edenvale Farm, Jenny Campbell from SAYFC and Kate Rowell from Quality Meet Scotland and also regular cheerleader John McInnes. There are many others who mention and tag us. We just can't mention you all in one episode, but please carry on and hopefully we'll give you a shout out soon. But thank you. Thank you again. Really appreciate your support and we look forward to seeing you next time.